Welcome to the reading, A Course in Miracles, Chapter 19, Part 4, The Obstacles to Peace, Part B, The Second Obstacle, The Belief the Body is Valuable for What it Offers. We said that peace must first surmount the obstacle of your desire to get rid of it. Where the attraction of guilt holds sway, peace is not wanted. The second obstacle that peace must flow across, and closely related to the first, is the belief that the body is valuable for what it offers. For here is the attraction of guilt made manifest in the body and seen in it. This is the value that you think peace would rob you of. This is what you believe that it would dispossess and leave you homeless. It is this for which you would deny a home to peace. This sacrifice you feel to be too great to make, too much to ask of you. Is it a sacrifice or a release? What has the body really given you that justifies your strange belief that in it lies salvation. Do you not see that this is the belief in death? Here is the focus of the perception of atonement as murder. Here is the source of the idea that love is fear. The Holy Spirit's messengers are sent far beyond the body, calling the mind to join in holy communion and be at peace. Such is the message that I gave them for you. It is only the messengers of fear that see the body, for they look for what can suffer. Is it a sacrifice to be removed from what can suffer? The Holy Spirit does not demand you sacrifice the hope of the body's pleasure. It has no hope of pleasure, but neither can it bring you fear of pain. Pain is the only sacrifice the Holy Spirit asks, and this he would remove. Peace is extended from you only to the eternal, and it reaches out from the eternal in you. It flows across all else. The second obstacle is no more solid than the first, for you want neither to get rid of peace nor limit it. What are these obstacles that you would interpose between peace and its going forth but barriers you place between your will and its accomplishment. You want communion, not the feast of fear. You want salvation, not the pain of guilt. And you want your father, not a little mound of clay, to be your home. In your holy relationship is your father's son. He has not lost communion with him, nor with himself. When you agreed to join your brother, you acknowledged this is so. This has no cost, but it has release 
from cost. You have paid very dearly for your illusions, and nothing you have paid for brought you peace. Are you not glad that heaven cannot be sacrificed and sacrifice cannot be asked of you? There is no obstacle that you can place before our union, for in your holy relationship, I am there already. We will surmount all obstacles together, for we stand within the gates and not outside. How easily the gates are opened from within to let peace through to bless the tired world. Can it be difficult for us to walk past barriers together when you have joined the limitless? The end of guilt is in your hands to give. Would you stop now to look for guilt in your brother? Let me be to you the symbol of the end of guilt and look upon your brother as you would look upon me. Forgive me all the sins you think the Son of God committed. And in the light of your forgiveness, he will remember who he is and forget what never was. I ask for your forgiveness, for if you are guilty, so must I be. But if I surmounted guilt and overcame the world, you were with me. Would you see in me the symbol of guilt or the end of guilt, remembering that what I signify to you, you see within yourself? From your holy relationship, truth proclaims the truth, and love looks on itself. Salvation flows from deep within the home you offer to my Father and to me, and we are there together in the quiet communion in which the Father and the Son are joined. O come, ye faithful, to the holy union of the Father and the Son in you, and keep you not apart from what is offered you in gratitude for giving peace its home in heaven. Send forth to all the world the joyous message of the end of guilt, and all the world will answer. Think of your happiness as everyone offers you witness of the end of sin and shows you that its power is gone forever. Where can guilt be when the belief in sin is gone? And where is death when its great advocate is heard no more? Forgive me your illusions and release me from punishment for what I have not done. So will you learn the freedom that I taught by teaching freedom to your brother and so releasing me. I am within your holy relationship, yet you would imprison me behind the obstacles you raise to freedom and bar my way to you. Yet it is not possible to keep away one who is there already. And in him, it is possible that our communion, where we are joined already, will be the focus of the new perception that will bring light to all the world 
contained in you. I, the attraction of pain. Your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice and to accept the peace he gives instead without the limits that would hold its extension back and so would limit your awareness of it. For what he gives must be extended if you would have its limitless power and use it for the Son of God's release. It is not this you would be rid of, and having it, you cannot limit it. If peace is homeless, so are you, and so am I. And he who is our home is homeless with us. Is this your wish? Would you forever be a wanderer in search of peace? Would you invest your hope of peace and happiness in what must fail? Faith in the eternal is always justified, for the eternal is forever kind, infinite in its patience and holy loving. It will accept you wholly and give you peace. Yet it can unite only with what already is at peace in you, immortal as itself. The body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil, neither joy nor pain. It is a means and not an end. It has no purpose of itself, but only what is given to it. The body will seem to be whatever is the means for reaching the goal that you assign to it. Only the mind can set a purpose and only the mind can see the means for its accomplishment and justify its use. Peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained. And these conditions are the home of the emotion that calls them forth and therefore is compatible with them. But think you which it is that is compatible with you. Here is your choice, and it is free. But all that lies in it will come with it, and what you think you are can never be apart from it. The body is the great seeming betrayer of faith. In it lies disillusionment and the seeds of faithlessness. But only if you ask of it what it cannot give. Can your mistake be reasonable grounds for depression and disillusionment? For the retaliative attack on what you think has failed you. Use not your error as the justification justification for your faithlessness. You have not sinned, but you have been mistaken in what is faithful. And the correction of your mistake will give you grounds for faith. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and find not find pain. It is essential that this relationship be understood 
for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is not really punitive at all. It is but the inevitable result of equating yourself with the body, which is the invitation to pain. For it invites fear to enter and become your purpose. The attraction of guilt must enter with it, and whatever fear directs the body to do is therefore painful. It will share the pain of illusions, and the illusion of pleasure will be the same as pain. Is not this inevitable? Under fear's orders, the body will pursue guilt, serving its master whose attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of its existence. This, then, is the attraction of pain. Ruled by this perception, the body becomes a servant of pain, seeking it dutifully and obeying the idea that pain is pleasure. It is this idea that underlies all of the ego's heavy investment in the body. And it is this insane relationship that it keeps hidden and yet feeds upon. To you it teaches that the body's pleasure is happiness, yet to itself it whispers, it is death. Why should the body be anything to you? Certainly, what it is made of is not precious. And just as certainly, it has no feeling. It transmits to you the feelings that you want. Like any communication medium, the body receives and sends the messages that it is given. It has no feeling for them. All of the feeling with which they are invested is given by the sender and the receiver. The ego and the Holy Spirit both recognize this and both also recognize that here the sender and the receiver are the same. The Holy Spirit tells you this with joy. The ego hides it for it would keep you unaware of it. Who would send messages of hatred and attack if he but understood he sends them to himself? Who would accuse, make guilty, and condemn himself? The ego's messages are always sent away from you in the belief that for your message of attack and guilt will someone other than yourself suffer. And even if you suffer, yet someone else will suffer more. The great deceiver recognizes that this is not so, but as the enemy of peace, it urges you to send out all your messages of hate and free yourself. And to convince you this is possible, it bids the body's the body search for pain and attack upon another, calling it pleasure and offering it to you as freedom from attack. Hear not its madness and believe not the impossible is true. Forget not that the ego has dedicated the body to the goal of sin and places in it 
all its faith that this can be accomplished. Its sad disciples chant the body's praise continually in solemn celebration of the ego's role. Not one but must believe that yielding to the attention not one but must believe that yielding to the attraction of guilt is the escape from pain. Not one but must regard the body as himself, without which he would die, and yet within which is his death equally inevitable. It is not given to the ego's disciples to realize that they have dedicated themselves to death. Freedom is offered them, but they have not accepted it, and what is offered must also be received to be truly given. For the Holy Spirit, too, is a communication medium, receiving from the Father and offering his messages unto the Son. Like the ego, the Holy Spirit is both the sender and the receiver. For what is sent through him returns to him, seeking itself along the way and finding what it seeks. So does the ego find the death it seeks, returning it to you.